0: Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Do you realize that when we say hallelujah, we are giving God the highest praise, that it's not just something that we just say, it's not a cliche, it's not... It's not just something, a phrase that we, we're actually saying, praise ye the Lord in the highest, because he's worthy of it. Come on now. God is so good. He's a, it, it, saying that he's good is an understatement, but that's just about as good as we can do, right? Hallelujah. So welcome everybody. Glad you guys made it here this Sunday morning. Um, as you know, that Pastor John and Pastor Kai are still uh, going through the, the second part of their recovery of the heart transplant, man. If you, if, if you can't shout on that, I don't know what you can. Um, I mean, it's great and all that God gives us a new heart, but like to receive that in the natural is a whole nother situation. And so God is so good, man. What's so, what's so crazy about it is like we were just thinking about this the other day, the elders, we were talking, and it's like Pastor John has not pastored while not being sick. He's been sick the whole time that he's pastored this church. And so when he gets back and we get a well, Pastor John, right? We get a well and a healed Pastor John with a new heart. Come on, somebody. Come on. Look, I hope y'all getting ready, man. We are in the last quarter of this year. This is the last quarter of 2022. Right. Last quarter, which means that we got to press in harder. Right. We got to push a little deeper. Right. We got to go in. And so what I need you guys to do is to go ahead and get a grip, get a grip. Right. We, We just finished the gospel centered life last week and we're entering into a new series right now. And it's all about hope. It's all about hope. You guys here Sunday after Sunday, we talk about here at the Building Christian Fellowship. We like to focus on four things, building up your faith, building up your hope, building up your love, and building a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't ask that you just come to church on Sundays, but we ask that you become the church, right? That's not just a catchphrase. This is not a corporation. It's not a Fortune 500 organization. This is the living organism called the body of Christ. And so we need you guys to get a grip, right? We need to get a grip as the body of Christ. So I'm going to talk about, as we kick off this series of hope, we're going to talk about hope, the middle child, All right. All right. the middle child. A lot of us, we, we don't realize that, that God is not like earthly fathers. You know, earthly fathers, we have the, the, the tendency to make the mistake of having favorite children. Right? Some, for some fathers, their favorite child is the eldest. Some, some fathers will say that the youngest child is their favorite. When we look at scripture, we saw that with, with, with Jacob and Joseph, right? Joseph was his youngest child at the time, and he was, he, was, he was his favorite. He made him a coat of many colors, and it caused all kinds of, of problems, right? And so ultimately, the child that's in the middle tends to get looked over a lot. That's the, that's, the, that's the stigma, right, is the middle child. And so we talk about faith, hope, and love, right? And we talk a lot about faith, right? Talk a lot about faith, and we talk a lot about love. Love is thrown around so much, but none of us really talk about hope because we don't really know what hope is. And so I just want to say to you, you know, that, that we're going to deal with the middle child, right? We're going to do- deal with the middle child today, and we're going to carry on about it for the rest of the year. And so uh, turn with me to, to, to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 19 through 20. And it reads this. It says, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him and everyone was amazed at what he told them. And so we're talking about hope, the middle child today. And so um, I'd like to share with you a, a, a quick verse that uh, I grew up in youth group hearing my youth pastor recite to us week after week. And he would recite Revelations chapter 12 verse 11 and it reads it says and they overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony for they did not love their life and renounce their faith even when faced with death. So likewise I too am here as usual for those of you guys that know it I'm here to encourage you to be encouraged and discourage you from being discouraged today. Cause that's what hope is about. So what is hope? Hope is the expectation of good to come. Is the expectation of good to come. But let me, let me paint an even clearer picture of what hope is by telling you what hope is not. Can I do that? Hope is not an unnecessary luxury. Luxury. Some of us look at hope, uh, it, it, for those of us that don't really understand hope because we hear it described like in, in, in such a manner, we often look at hope like it's cotton candy, right? Like it's just fluff. It's like pretty and beautiful, not much really to it. It's, it's nice to behold and kind of look at, but there's, it doesn't really have any substance. But that's not true. It's not an unnecessary luxury like a cotton candy. And it's not wishful thinking. It's not an emotion. Listen. Let me me solidify this for you. You can write this down. The universe does not and will not give you anything. I mean, despite all your people that you follow on social media, despite all your self-help gurus out there, the universe will not give you anything. It never has given anything to anybody. But hope, on the other hand, the polar opposite of hope is discouragement. And that's why I'm so adamant about encouraging you to be encouraged and discouraging you from being discouraged. Listen, a discouraged spouse will give up on their marriage. A discouraged parent will give up on their child. Discouraged leaders will give up on people. We heard Sister Carmel earlier talking about, like, people can be people, right? Any leaders in the house, anybody in charge of people? If you're a parent, you're in charge of little people, right? People can be people. Howard Hendricks said it like this. He says that discouragement is the anesthetic that the devil uses on a person right before he carves their heart out. Can you start, are you starting to see why it's important to have hope? Why it's important for us to not allow ourselves to get discouraged? Because when you get discouraged, that means you're on your way out. You're on your way out. Whereas when we have hope, hope always replenishes fresh vision. Fresh vision for the future comes from hope. Without hope, fear is replaced. Fear replaces faith. Without hope, despair replaces joy. Without hope, anxiety replaces prayer. I believe Paul told us in Philippians, he says, uh, don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. With prayer and supplication, make your your request known to God and give him thanks for, for all that he's done. But without hope, anxiety replaces prayer. Without hope, insecurity replaces confidence. I believe we're also told, again, not to cast away our confidence because it has great recompense of reward. Check out this thought. It says, in the absence of hope, discouragement rules. In the absence of hope, discouragement rules for you note takers. We read from the book of Mark chapter five earlier, but let's go back and see. What is taking place before Jesus gives this command to this gentleman? Remember, hope in its absence, discouragement is, is, is ruling. So Mark chapter 5, give you guys a little bit of a backdrop to Mark chapter 5. We're seeing that, that Jesus and the disciples are just coming to shore off of a boat. They just came out of a storm. That Jesus had, had calmed the storm. You guys know that story that, the, that they were all on the boat, and Jesus is like, they're like, Jesus, man, it's, it's, it's about, to, we're about to die. The, the storm has come, it's threatening the boat, and, and, and Jesus speaks to the storm and calms it. And they're like, man, what manner of man is this? And so they reached the other side, and here we find ourselves in Mark chapter five, verse one. It says, So they arrived at the other side of the lake. In the region of the Gerasenes, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the devil, I mean sorry, then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to a distant place. Don't send us out of the region. Verse 11, there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. What I need you to understand about discouragement, discouragement precedes destruction. Why is hope important? Because it is the polar opposite of discouragement, which means that if if discouragement comes before destruction, then that means hope comes before construction. Before something can be built up, there has to be hope present. And for something to be built up, that means that you're future-focused. So that means that there's good to come. Do you realize that this man that we just read about, this man, it doesn't give us a number of years or how long he's had this issue. But I can only imagine that maybe it came, he got in this predicament because he was waiting for the universe to give him something. I, I mean, for real, y'all, y'all laughing. There's people out there really waiting on the universe to give them something, and they're going to get something, and it's not coming from the universe. Burning them tumbleweeds in your house and, and, and right. smoke, all, all that stuff. And you're going to get something all right. Listen, this man had so many demons in him that it destroyed 2,000 pigs. We just got done singing about a song about the goodness of God, chasing after us, coming after us, hunting us down. And here it is that Jesus takes his disciples across a lake in the middle of a storm to get up, get to the other side because of this man. And here it is, this man has spent an unknown amount of time living and dwelling amongst dead places, living and dwelling amongst the dead and mutilating himself. So much so that his behavior was so out of hand that the people of that region would come and chain him and he'd snap the chains. He couldn't be constrained. And here it is that Jesus in a moment, in one moment, comes and undoes everything that the enemy had planned for this man's demise. That he has so many spirits in him that would, would, would annihilate a herd of pigs living on the inside of him. And it makes me wonder how many people that we cross paths with on a daily basis that are dealing with inner turmoil that is, has been sent to them and assigned to them to destroy them And if we'd only be the ray of hope in the midst of darkness, that we would profess the word of God and deliver them. That they'd be set free. Discouragement precedes destruction. Verse 14. The herdsmen fled. To the nearby town, so, so they aren't out there just by themselves. There's an audience there. There's people around that witness this go on, that witness this whole encounter with Jesus and this man, and what Jesus did by commanding these 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 spirits out. Let me let me let me back up a little bit. The word "legion" is is a Roman term, and it means six thousand. This dude has six thousand spirits on the inside of him. So the herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all excited about it. That would have said they were all excited about it, right? That's what my Bible said, right? They were all excited. Oh, they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to stay and deliver us all and run a week-long revival. No, they pleaded with him to go away and leave them alone. I'm sorry, I, like, I, this is a head scratcher to me, because here it is, what, what I'm thinking about is that, is that one of the things we got to look at, this dude's been running amok in the cemetery. I mean, think about this, you drive through town and you see this naked dude that you know that's from around here, running around in the cemetery, cutting himself, howling at the moon, screaming in the daytime. I know y'all see see people walking around talking to their shoulder. Right? We see that all the time. But this dude has been known in this region. He running around the cemetery, naked as the day he was born, howling at the moon, screaming at the sun, cutting himself, breaking chains. Nobody can control him. And he's just repeating this cycle over and over again, day after day, day after day. They know this to be his reputation. And it's almost a wonder, like, why hadn't he just just, just went ahead and, 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 and went through with it and off himself? Because the glory of God, because the goodness of God had yet to be revealed in his life. But what's even worse about it, as you think about it, is that this dude was separated from all the other people that were in his region. And here is you find that all the people in his region who knew all this about him see that he's been delivered, see that he's not the same, see that he's fully clothed, in his right mind, that a, a miracle has taken place, and they're afraid. Not only that, but do they, tell, they beg the deliverer to leave. Hmm. makes me think of another, of another situation where Jesus says, you know what, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. But I came that they might be saved. I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but I came that they might be saved. Why? Because those who believe on me will be saved, but those who believe not, they're condemned already. This man, in the midst of cutting himself, being full of 6,000-plus demons, mutilating himself, had already been separated from another set of people who had already been condemned already. They sent the light of the world away because they loved darkness and their deeds were evil. But yet there was one man who by behavior seemed like he was worse off than the rest of them. Right on the brink of destruction, right on the brink of death, Comes in the light and hope, right before discouragement. Completely, could, could complete. They they utilized all of their resources. They tried to chain him. They tried to keep him, keep him away. They tried, They tried to do everything that they could. None of it worked. And in comes hope, piercing through the darkness. Comes hope that sets a man free, fully clothes him. I don't know about you, but he was, I was naked when he found me and he clothed me with his righteousness. Not only did he change my heart, but he changed my mind. And here it is, we see this man. I need you to understand that that not everybody looks at hope as a good thing. As we can see, a whole town of folk sending the hope away because we, we don't want none of that. I love love my my evil deeds. They ain't as bad as as what it seemed like brother had, but I don't want to be delivered from that. And it's great because Jesus Jesus is a gentleman about it. He ain't going to waste time. He ain't going to waste time casting pearl before the swine. And what I need you to know is understand is that not everybody is going to be happy about the hope that you have. A lot of us get it mixed up about being ready to have an answer. No, you don't have to have an answer for every argument that somebody brings. So you have to have an answer for the hope yeah. that you have. You have to have an answer for the hope that you have. Why? Because that's what makes the difference. It don't matter about your, your knowledge of hermeneutics and theology and, and eschatology and all the other ologies that are out there. It doesn't matter that, you have to, that, you, that you're skilled and, and trained in, in, in apologetics. No, what is the hope that you have? Well, my hope that I have is that I was once blind and now I see. What what, what is the hope that I have? The hope was that I was running amongst the tombs, cutting myself, mutilating my body. I was chained and I broke the chains and, 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 and nobody could constrain me. And I was out of my mind. I was howling at the moon. I was screaming at the sun. But now I'm clothed and I'm in my right mind. And I have hope. Not everybody looks at hope the same way. I feel like that town, they looked at hope like it was cotton candy. They looked at it like it was fluff. Until, it, until they saw it actually manifest before their eyes and it, and it made them afraid. Afraid. Sometimes you get so accustomed to darkness. Like, I know, I've know i known people who always wear, like, sunglasses all the time, right? They wear shades all the time, and you, they mess around taking things off and, and in the middle of the day, and they almost go blind because they're so used to wearing shades all the time. And that's how it can be with us. A lot of times we can get accustomed, so accustomed to darkness. We've been in the dark for so long. We've been, we've been, we've been accustomed to walking around, in the darkness for so long. We, we don't mind tripping and stumbling over stuff every once in a while. It becomes normal. Yeah, we bump. We don't, mind, we, don't, we don't mind feeling our way around and stumbling in darkness because we've become accustomed to it. But that's not what God's plan is for us. That's not, that's not what he wants. He desires for us to be set free. He desires for us to live in the light. He desires for us to have hope. Just like when it's been a long night. At the first brink of dawn and the sun starts rising and the light pierces through, there's hope that comes along with a new day. So they begged him to go away. They they begged and pleaded with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Verse 18, as Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what he told them. I'm sorry, it's great to be amazed, but I'm sorry, if I knew this dude and i seen what he was going through and I really wanted hope, I'd be like, bro, take, take me to this dude right now. I mean, let, let's, go, let's, let's go get together a caravan, we're going to go and track this dude down because we, we need some of whatever it is that you got, we need that too. But instead, they was just kind of like, man, that's a t- cool story, bro. Watch out for them people. Watch out for them people. Because they're a tool of the enemy to make you minimize what God has done in your life. They are a tool of the enemy to make, hey, you sitting there testifying about the goodness of God and what God has done in your life, and bro's like, yeah, cool, pass the hot sauce. Get up from the table. Shake the dust off your feet and go somewhere else where somebody is looking for hope. Because I'm telling you, you'll find it. You'll find the people that, the people that need hope are going to find you and you're going to find them. But don't waste your time sitting around people that, that are just lackadaisical. They're complacent. They're happy with, the, with their lot in life. They ain't looking for no more. They, 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 don't, they don't care. Stay away from them. Because it's contagious. Discouragement is Contagious. Listen. Adequate resources do not change the world. I know we look at look look around and we see like, oh, there's there's food shortages. There's there's all kinds of resources that are that, and it's all to cause panic, because somebody's discouraged that their crop didn't come in the way that it should have. Uh, you know, they 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 striking at the at the at the docks. All kinds of stuff going on, and then people start panicking. Those are just resources. You don't have to trip when you know who the source is. Adequate resources don't change the world. Hope does. Hope is what changes. Listen, we have to understand the greatest gift that we can give anybody is hope. The greatest gift a leader can give their people is hope. The greatest gift parents can give their children is hope. The greatest gift teachers can give their students is hope. The greatest gift coaches can give their athletes is hope. I've been blessed with an opportunity, like, back in, back in, I want to say February, March, I started going on Instagram, and, and, and people that know me, I'm not the type of person that likes to be in front of a bunch of people. I, was, I, I don't mind playing the background, but Lord put on my heart, he's like, man, hey, I, I need you to get on IG Live and start encouraging people. Why? Because I needed to be encouraged. I needed to be encouraged. And so when, when, what happens when we get encouraged, our job is to stay encouraged, right? You got one job. When you get encouraged, stay encouraged. And the way that you stay encouraged is by encouraging other people because it reciprocates. So back in, in, in February, March, I started doing a daily live on Instagram where I'm like, hey, man, Donna Blapp is here. One third of Watch Me Develop podcast here to encourage you to be encouraged and discourage you from being discouraged, Right. And so I dropped whatever nugget it is that the Lord had me meditate on that day regarding, you know, whatever my, my uh, devotion is for that day. And so as I was doing so, my son is playing football for for a team that is trying to build from the ground up. They're building trying to build their program from the ground up. And so I happened to go pick him up one day from practice. And the coach says, hey, man, I've been catching your lives on I.G. I was like, oh, OK. He's like, man, yeah, man. He's like, I really like, I really like one, that, like one that really resonated with me. I've been watching it over and over again. He's like, man, hey, what would you think about, you know, maybe like Thursday nights coming, coming after practice? Well, in practice early, and you could talk to the kids. I was like, bet, let's do it. And so, just seeing how God has opened the door for different opportunities, stuff that I wasn't looking for. God is like, He's like, okay. I, I see that, that I can trust you a little, so I'm going to add a little bit more to what it is that you've been doing. And the blessing about it is, is it's, it's helped me to develop relationships with, with some of the kids that are on my son's team. Some, some, some of them young men that probably don't have a man in their life besides the coach. Are you getting this? Hope. Hope is something that'll go such a long way. We overlook hope because it sits in between faith and love. The middle child. All my middle children out there, take heart. Be of good courage. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in the father, believe also in me. That's what he said. He sees you. He sees you, and he needs us to see the middle child too. He needs us to see hope. Hope I like to liken it to like this. It sits right in between faith and love. I did a message uh, a few years back because I really I'm, I'm an enthusiast of powerlifting, strongman stuff, right? So I go to the gym regularly and. Everybody knows that Monday is International Bench Day because all the benches are taken. Everybody likes to do bench press, right? But most, most dudes, a lot of dudes like to do bench press because that's typically the, the question they ask you. When they find out about you lifting weights, they're like, man, how about you bench? And even though bench is cool, it's not the king of the lifts. Bench is cool. A lot of dudes like bench because it, it, it works your chest muscles, right? It, it, it works your chest, and, that, and, and it's easy to see the chest muscle. They make the chest pop. You've seen Terry Crews. Y'all, y'all know who that is, right? The peck pop. But then you also have, uh, uh, I, I liken chest to faith because it's kind of easy to just show your faith, right? Be like, oh, yeah, I believe, right? You, you, you're able to show what you're believing for. But then I also like in the squat, which is actually technically the king of the list because it works the largest muscle group in your body, which is your legs, your legs and your glutes. And the thing about love is that we know that love came from on high, came down low and ascended up again. That's what a squat is. You get a heavy load, you bring it down low and bring it back up again. People don't like that. See dudes that skip leg day. Avoid them, too. <laughs> Tell you that right now. Avoid them, too. No, but, but a lot of people have a hard time with love, which makes it, makes it uh, that's why I liken it to that, because a lot of people want to skip past the love part, because love is a full-contact sport. You got to be completely all in, loving the unlovable, keeping your love on. But let me back up a step. The third major lift is deadlift. And a lot of people, just like Hope, they look at it the wrong way. They think it's, oh, you just yank something heavy up off the ground, and it's not like that. There's a lot of little intricate parts to a deadlift that make you make you able to, to lift weight properly. And you'll see some of the smallest individuals lift some of the heaviest weight because they understand what the deadlift is all about one of the key factors in deadlifting you'll see it the barbell is on the ground loaded with plates you'll see somebody walk up to it and they'll pick they'll pick it up off the ground a lot of times people fail at lifting the dead doing the deadlift not because they're not strong enough to handle that amount of weight but because they've missed training one of the most crucial parts Of that lift, most people would think, "Oh, you just need a strong back to deadlift, or you need strong legs to to, to deadlift." What they overlook is their grip strength. A lot of times, they can't move the weight like they should because their grip gives out before the rest of their body does, and that's a lot like hope. We can have faith for this, we can love this, but a lot of times we miss out on hope and we give up too soon because. Hope is about an endurance of seeing how long you can hold on until you see the promise come to pass. And so what I'm saying as a church, going back to it, is we need to get a grip. We're in the fourth quarter of 2022, and we need to finish strong. And now we start working on the little things that we may have neglected the rest of the year so we can tune up. So that way we can hold on and make sure that we we don't give up and faint in the middle of, of the situation before we get to the end. Work your grip strength. Hope gives God the master key to your life. When you give him the master key to your life, it gives him full access to restore, remodel, redeem, resurrect, reconstruct, or demolish if need be. But when we give up hope, we slam the door in his face. Do you get that? When we, when we give up hope, we slam the door in his face. But when we, when we hold on to hope and we place our hope in him, it's giving him the master key to our life. And he can come in, remodel, renovate, do whatever. Y'all watch, y'all, y'all watch HGTV? What is it like? When you were, while you were out, right? And they, they come back home to a whole new, like, oh my gosh, right? Everything's different. And that's how it is with God. It's like, you give him the keys, you can trust him with the keys to your life. You can trust him to go into every nook and cranny, and he's not going to destroy you. He's not going to expose you. You notice that when that man came running from the tombs, it said that he bowed down, and, and one translation says that he bowed down and worshiped him. Jesus didn't, didn't ask him where he had been, what he had been doing. Man, what you do to get all them, all them demons in you? He addressed the issue and gave that man hope and said, go on and tell all your people what it is and how how merciful God has been to you. We can give him the master key to our life and it gives him full access. Listen, hope liberates us from past failures. Hope liberates us from past failures. Hope liberates us from bitterness We're talking about grip strength, people. We're talking about grip strength. You ain't going to be able to get a grip or get a new grip on hope when you're holding on to unforgiveness. When you're holding on to that thing, that that, that sin that so easily besets you, you're not going to be able to let go and get a grip on the hope that God desires for you to have. Hope liberates us from anger. Hope liberates us in every aspect of our lives. It liberates us from insecurity. It liberates us from low expectations that keep us chained to the past. How many of y'all been let down? Had disappointment, right? It could have been a failed marriage. It could have been your kid that, that you raised to be a certain way and they go a whole completely different way could be that job promotion that you were expecting that they gave to somebody else that's less qualified than you. We've all experienced disappointment and we've allowed, woe unto us who have allowed our past disappointments to affect our expectation of good to come in the future. Psalm 31, 24, as I come to a close, says this. Psalm 31, 24 says, be strong and let your hearts take courage, all you who wait for and confidently expect the Lord. What is hope? Hope is confidently expecting God to come through. Right. Come on. That don't sound like cotton candy to me. Yeah, right. That don't sound like some, some unnecessary luxury to me. Yeah. It sounds like a vital necessity. I need To believe that God is going to come through. Why? Because I can't accomplish it on my own. If it wasn't for hope, where would we be? Christ in you. The hope of glory. We are hopeless without it. Do you realize that the number one reason for suicide is hopelessness and helplessness? It ain't just helplessness because, you know, all of us are helpless in some shape or form, but we can have hope that we're going to get help at some point. But when hopelessness is, is, is present, which means discouragement is present, and that's the anesthetic, they said, the anesthetic that the devil gives before he carves your heart out. I started with Revelation 12 11 because we underestimate the power of our testimony. Our testimony being shared. I grew up in church and we used to have testimony services. And when we had testimony services, I don't know about you, but I would would go to testimony service and sometimes I would have a fresh testimony and I was feeling good and I was on the mountaintop. There were other times I was going to testimony service and I was the one that was in need to hear something good. That is one of our greatest weapons of defense against the enemy. It says that we overcame and conquered him, the evil one, by the blood of the Lamb, in the word of our testimony. What did Jesus tell that man? He said, no, man, you can't come with me. But go back and share your testimony. Go back and give those people hope and let them know how good God has been to you. I don't care if it was just the fact that he woke you up this morning, started you on your way. Some saints would only get up and that was all they would share at a testimony service. Woke up in my right mind. Got the use of my limbs. We underestimate the goodness of God. We underestimate, we take for granted the little things. Until those little things become big things. Be strong and let your hearts take courage all of you who wait for and confidently expect the Lord. Something else that we need to know and understand is that hope propels us forward even when it seems impossible. Hope propels us forward even when it seems impossible. It's propelling us forward. The best idea that I can give you is that if you look at hope as an anchor and it's anchored in the heavenlies in eternity and it extends on a chain or a line all the way down to you right now in your situation and all you have to do is grab onto it and hold onto it and endure till the end that there is if it's God himself I don't know if it's the angels or whatever but they're cranking the line reeling you in and all you have to do is hold on to the hope as they're, they're in eternity reeling you in to them. Why do I say this? I say this because Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 through 19 says this, God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise, what you have to understand is that hope always comes on the heels of a promise. Hope comes on the heels of a promise. And when God makes a promise, it's a promise that will not be broken. Said God also bound himself with an oath so that those who receive the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy what? An anchor for our souls. and it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. It's anchored in the heavenlies in his presence and he's reeling us in because it's tied to our souls and all we need to do is hold on as he's reeling us in it don't matter the bumps that come along the way it don't matter if we get turbulence on our way up there all we need to do is hold on and know that he's a man of his word and he cannot lie Hope gives birth to dreams and fresh vision, which keeps us future-focused. Do you know how important that is? It's important for you to be present. It's important, don't get me wrong, it's important for you to be present. It's important for you to be where your feet are. But it's also important that you have a future-focused. Don't be so future focused that you forget the present, but don't be so present that you're caught up in your circumstances and you can't see past it and you lose hope. Hope has no hindsight. You notice that we don't hope for stuff that that happened already. We don't hope for stuff that's behind us, right? We ain't, hoping for, for some of, we ain't hoping for our 16th birthday and we're 45, right? We ain't, we, we, we're not doing that because it's behind us. We hope for what's ahead. We hope knowing that there are better days ahead, that God is calling us to greater things, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, we know, for I know the plans that I have for you. And I know that, that some reformed theologian out there is probably having a hissy fit that I'm using this scripture right now. But I know that God is the same yesterday today and forever and that he spoke that to the children of Israel all them centuries ago because they was in captivity I know all that stuff what I'm talking about is that does that mean that his plan for me is not still for a good hopeful future no it's not his plan is for me to prosper his plan for you is to prosper his plan is for your future to be filled with hope why because he's bound himself to an oath and he can't lie Lastly, hope makes us buoyant. Y'all like, what does that word mean? Buoyant. It means that when the flood comes, you ain't going to drown. I don't know any of you guys out there ever gone swimming, you guys play with a ball in the pool. It is impossible to drown a ball. Why? Because it's buoyant. And if we're full of hope, we'll be just like that ball. No matter how many, what what outside force tries to push us down, we won't stay down. We'll keep popping back up. We'll keep bouncing back up because we're buoyant. The thing that was meant to overtake us in a normal situation, God calls us to sit on top of. That's what hope does causes four friends to rip off the roof to bring their paralyzed friend to Jesus. Hope will cause a woman to come out of obscurity and rush through a crowd and and push her way through a crowd with all her issues and her uncleanness to grab a hold of, of, of his garment. That's what hope does. Hope We'll have a blind man sit on a roadside and keep crying out for the savior. Anybody that he feels walking past, reaching out, asking if if they're the savior. So we can have mercy on them. That's what hope does. Hope ain't just sitting on the couch eating potato chips, watching binge watching Netflix. Hope is active. Hope ain't just a wishing something is going to come and drop in my lap. Hope is active. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.